Well, hello, this is Michael Volkov. This is episode 153 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And our episode today is about Amazon's OFAC settlement, or what, like I call it, the mighty Amazon falls to the OFAC sanctions sword. Well, hello, everyone, and uh, glad you could make it. Hope you're staying healthy, safe. Um, it's a tough time, obviously, in this country. Uh, before we get started on this interesting Amazon enforcement matter, uh, here's a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. So the mighty Amazon uh, has fallen uh, to an OFAC sanctions enforcement action. Uh, I thought I'd uh, reference back to, who knows, uh, showing my age, the harder they come, the harder they fall by Jimmy Cliff in the 70s. Uh, but uh, let's talk about this case. I mean, interesting uh, because now we have two high-tech firms, Apple and Amazon, at the top of the heap, both of whom have fallen to OFAC sanctions uh, enforcement matters and really for stupid reasons, both of them for stupid reasons for failures with their screening program. I mean, just basic issues that they didn't seem uh, to uh, get their arms around. So Amazon joins the exclusive club of our high-tech OFAC violators. Like I mentioned, Apple settled a case last year, um, and now Amazon joins the uh, proverbial list. On July 8th, Amazon settled with OFAC for $134,523. That probably took them a nanosecond to make. Uh, in their operations, but they violated multiple OFAC sanctions programs, and their violations stemmed from deficiencies in its screening process, which we're going to go through. So they ended up providing basic retail consumer goods to uh, persons sanctioned by OFAC that were located in Crimea, 
under the Russia sanctions program, Iran and Syria, and then also individuals located in or employed by foreign missions uh, of the countries sanctioned by OFAC, particularly uh, Iran embassies around the world. Uh, in addition, Amazon failed to timely report several hundred transactions conducted pursuant to a general li license that had been issued by OFAC for wind-down purposes with regard uh, to Crimea. So let's look a little bit more at the specific conduct. Between November 15, 2011 uh, and October 2018, seven years, uh, persons in Crimea, Iran, and Syria placed orders on Amazon's websites for consumer and retail goods and services. Uh, the transaction information confirmed that the persons were located in Crimea, Iran, and Syria, meaning their address. In addition, Amazon accepted and processed orders for persons located in or employed by the foreign missions of Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Sudan, and Syria. Also, Amazon accepted and processed orders from persons on OFAC's specially designated nationals list and then a plethora, a laundry list, of several of the prohibited lists for narcotics traffickers, weapons of mass destruction, transnational criminal organizations, Democratic Republic of Congo, Congo, Venezuela, Zimbabwe, and its foreign and foreign narcotics kingpins. Overall, the violations involved low-value retail goods and services, for which the total transaction value was around two hundred and sixty-nine thousand dollars. Amazon's screening system uh, failed to fully analyze all transaction and customer data. In some cases, customer orders reference the sanctions jurisdiction, like a city within a sanctioned jurisdiction, or a common alternative spe spelling for a sanctioned jurisdiction. For some reason, Amazon's screening program failed to flag these transactions. OFAC cited several examples which are helpful to understand the screening failures. First, Amazon did not flag orders with address fields containing an address in Yalta, Y-A-L-T-A, Crimea with a K, K-R-I-M-E-A for the term Yalta, a city in Crimea, nor the variation of the spelling uh, of Crimea. I mean, that's an example that just is so basic that you would think any screening program that's properly tested uh, and also with proper settings would have flagged that uh, in a nanosecond. Second, Amazon did not flag or prevent shipments to the embassy of Iran located in other, other countries. And in several hundred instances, Amazon failed to flag and correctly spell names and addresses of persons on OFAC's SDN list. Finally, Am Amazon failed to report 362 transactions involving Crimea that it conducted pursuant to general license number five, which was a wind-down license uh, period. And general license number five uh, re required that all transactions had to be reported within 10 days after the wind-down period. Prior to this reporting failure, Amazon had identified and reported to OFAC 245 transactions involving Crimea, Crimea during the wind-down period but failed to report the additional 362 transactions until well after the reporting period had expired. When you look at this, it just seems as if their screening program didn't work, there were no processes, uh, no controls built around their program. Uh, who knows how they actually ended up conducting 
their screening operations or reviewing them and how they were done. But these basic mistakes remind me of the Apple case in which there was a spelling uh, error in, in the sense of it was initial caps versus uh, initial uh, non-capitalized letters. I mean, this is just uh, basic stuff and Amazon, billions and billions, the richest company in the United States can't afford to have a screening program. So Amazon uh, earned a significant discount from the prescribed penalty primarily because it, it's uh, voluntary disclosure and remediation efforts. The statutory maximum penalty for the violations was uh, $1.038 million. OFAC awarded credit for Amazon's voluntary disclosure and obviously its determination that the violations constituted a non-egregious case. As a result, the penalty amount was equal to one half of the total transaction amount or $134,523. OFAC assigned the following aggravating factors. Uh, first, the Amazon's lack of due caution or care when it implemented sanctioned screening processes because they did not properly review or assess addresses, customer names, or common variations of data as part of its sanctioned screening. Two, while most of the violations involved low-value retail and consumer goods, some of the transactions actually involved orders for personal security products for persons located at the Iranian embassies in Tokyo, Japan, and in Brussels, Belgium. And obviously, number three aggravating factor is Amazon is one of the largest and most commercially sophisticated companies in the world. On the other side of the equation, OFAC cited the following uh, mitigating circumstances. Amazon had not received a penalty notice or a finding of violation from OFAC in the five years preceding the initial date of the prohibited transactions. Obviously, Amazon voluntarily disclosed the violations, cooperated with the investigation, and submitted detailed information and entered into tolling agreements as necessary with OFAC. Uh, Amazon conducted an internal investigation without receiving an administrative subpoena and disclosed the circumstances of the transactions to OFAC. Uh, and finally, Amazon undertook significant remedial measures to address its sanction screening deficiencies and also agreed to undertake additional sanctions compliance commitments. Amazon's sanctions compliance commitments, including investing substantial resources to improve Amazon's sanctions compliance program by actively engaging senior management on its compliance improvements, adding significant headcount to its compliance teams, and increasing the frequency of its sanctions compliance review. Amazon also agreed to employ internal and third-party sources to conduct a thorough review of Amazon's sanctions compliance programs and its automated screening system. To this end, Amazon enhanced its sanction jurisdiction internet protocol, IP, blocking controls, and implemented automated processes to uptake continually its mapping of IP ranges associated with sanctioned jurisdictions. And finally, Amazon committed to enhance its compliance training programs by providing training tailored to uh, personnel responsible for sanctions and export controls, uh, compliance, and uh, incorporated and expanded specific export control and sanctions provisions in its commercial contracts. I want to read for you the, con the comment for OFAC at the end of its enforcement action announcement 
Uh, I think it's important in terms of the case and its lessons learned, uh, and I think uh, obviously it has wide application. Global companies, this is a quote, global companies that rely heavily on automated sanctions, screening processes should take reasonable, risk-based steps to ensure that their processes are appropriately configured to screen relevant customer information and to capture data quality issues such as common misspellings. Routine testing of these processes to ensure effectiveness and identify deficiencies may also be appropriate. Moreover, companies that learn of a weakness in their internal compliance controls may benefit by taking immediate and effective action to the extent possible to identify and implement compensating controls until the root cause of the weakness can be determined and remediated. Well, Amazon has fallen, uh, no question. Uh, it's a pretty ugly case considering the resources of the amount of money that they have to uh, devote to compliance. It obviously was a seven-year course of events, and I would think that uh, Amazon, of all companies, would start to remediate their program and make sure uh, that they uh, implement an effective sanctions compliance program. To me, it's really uh, amazing that um, in paying a $134,000 penalty, I'm sure they have encouraged millions and millions of dollars in legal expenses in all types of in implementation of compliance expenses uh, and the reputational damage to Amazon in dealing with all of these prohibited countries in the absence of any uh, technical controls to prevent such transactions. Anyways, that's it for this week. So uh, just a quick review of the Amazon case, and uh, we'll be in touch. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay in touch. All the best. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.